Hello and welcome to the We Will Fix It show, a Potaholics podcast with Colin and Dan from WeWillFixIt.com right here in Dubai. My name's James Pikeaway and for the next hour we're going to be talking about essential repair. We're going to be talking about those things that are going wrong in your villa, in your house. We're going to talk about AC, we're going to talk about door handles, we're going to talk about hot water tanks, we're going to talk about cool things and you know what, ultimately we're going to catch up because I haven't been together with these guys in over, I would say, six months. And we got a lot to talk about. And this is the kickoff show, the We Will Fix It kickoff show right here on Podaholics. Enough of me talking. Let's get right to it. Colin and Dan, We Will Fix It. The men are here. And we finally get back around the table, which is which is nice because you are on Helen Farmer's show on Dubai I 103.8 FM. Big shout out to the folks over there. Absolutely. And you guys do do the Colin show once a month, right? Or is it more than yes. once a month? Well, it, it's originally once a month, yeah. and then um, they've kind of worked out that we'll happily come along at any point. Okay. So. Yeah, what's up? Thank you for coming in. <laughs> Chose a rainy day, first one of the year. Well, we thought, wouldn't it be nice to fire a show up on Potaholics where we can actually have the conversation about things that are going on around your shop, things that you're noticing, things that are happening, things that are just pissing you off. We can have that conversation. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long one. How much memory have you got? <laughs> Could yeah. be a very long discussion, this. Yeah. So I, I, I got to share this one right with you right off the bat, and then we'll we'll get to all the stuff that's on our list. Mm-hmm. So of course I have where I where I live. I've got the maintenance guys who work for my landlord, which I selectively pick the things that they're going to work on, and then some things just wait until there's more time. So here here's an interesting one. My washing machine was getting low water flow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I turn off the thing, take off, you know, so I do some of the repairs myself now mm-hmm. just because I have all the tools and most of it is pretty basic. So I, I take off the, the tap, unscrew it, noticing that there is, you know, pretty much half a roll of silicon tape on it, okay, which that's... gets me worried. Yeah. And the tap's a little corroded. So I think, okay, this is cool. And so I, uh, you know, figure out, okay, I'll replace the tap. So I go and get another one, which is fine. But before I put it on, I think, oh, I better test this out. So I go back into the shutoff valve and turn it on with a bucket yes. underneath. Good. And notice there's still low water flow. Oh, how odd. Oh, uh, once you've taken the angle valve off. So, yeah, once the angle valve is off. So what I'm thinking is the, the shutoff valve that's yes. in the wall, in the washroom, in the other room, yep. maybe it is... That is quite a normal scenario. It's the oddest thing with these, um, we call those gate valves. Gate and valves, okay. um, so those gate valves, they're all brass. Yeah. Actually, they're not. The bit, <laughs> the bit that you can see is all brass. And then the bit inside yeah. that actually where the water flows, yeah. um, the main um, axle in effect that, uh, that operates that is steel. Oh, nice. And you're like, so all the bits I can see that aren't uh, going anywhere near the water, yeah. brass. <laughs> and the one bit that we actually need in brass is steel so it'll spin that's the normal one yeah. which is if it just keeps spinning um yeah. then uh, at that point you know that it's not opening and closing properly yeah so it, it doesn't it, it opens but it, it seems to not want to open as far as it can go so i'm figuring that's the issue i would on that one i yeah. would just gently tease it in both directions oh, yeah? okay. and you'll know if, if it snaps, yeah. then it was almost there anyway <laughs> give us a call yeah <laughs> give us a call <laughs> well it, you know that was the other thing so as i was playing with this and I'm then talking to to Glenn, Glenn, that car guy yeah, from yeah. Sandance Tire. And I'm saying to him, you know, this is, look, you won't believe this one. Because he'd had some issues at his place where you guys yes. came and installed. And he goes, why don't you just call the boys? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, at this point, if you don't trust the guys who are going to come and do it, 
just pay the money and call the boys and get them to come and do it properly. It's um, it's an odd one, that because the first three or four years, Dan, if you remember, we were on one particular brand, which is probably what you've got installed now. I know it's been, you know, it's a nineteen-year-old villa. Yeah. Original parts. Yeah. This particular valve that is the the turnoff. What what did you call it? Um, gate valve. The gate valve. Yeah. This particular valve never been changed. In fact, I don't use the room. It's in a washroom in the maid's room. I don't have a maid. And I use it as storage. So that whole washroom area never has been used. It's just... Yeah. We had an odd scenario. And this is... Uh, oh, if we, we started in 2008. So it must be about 2011. Yeah. When we were at a trade show. And there was the uh, the main stand for the brand of gate valves that we use. So Dan's like, oh, no, no, no. We can't go to any of that. I'm like, I'm going in. So I sat down with the guys and had a bit of a chat. And I'm like, we keep having these problems where basically the... Um, this uh, this part steel. Why is it steel? And he said, "It's not." And I went, "No, no, it definitely is." He's like, "No, all of our parts are getting copied, and the majority of the parts you're ah. getting in Dubai are knockoff. Really, knockoff gate valves. How ridiculous is that? But how do you know if it's a knockoff? So, well, that's the thing. I literally uh, showed it to him. The um, the uh, the part I had a picture of it there and then, and he's like, "Oh yes, look at this casting just there," and it's almost identical the general public wouldn't know yeah. so at that point we changed brands so okay. we now have a different brand that um we've been perfectly happy with ever since and um these days we very rarely get a case of makes you wonder because we're not we're not buying from dragon mart we're buying from <laughs> reputable suppliers <laughs> yeah. on shakeside road and in, and in satwa and karama and all over dubai but we use the same guys for many years and then suddenly counterfeit goods turn up so you, you wonder if even do they know they're selling counterfeit goods, or they just think that's a bit cheap? I'll buy that. Yeah, pressure kits. There's another one. The standard pressure kit that's Hold on. What's, that. a, what's a pressure kit? So the pressure kit is the bit on your pump that turns it on and off. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Now those um, we got caught once with a uh, with a batch that came from the um, official supplier, uh, and the official supplier was not aware <laughs> that this part was counterfeit. And then we suddenly uh, had okay, a spate of failures. But how can the failures. official supplier not know? I'm lost. I'm lost as well. So again, now it's got to the stage where the manufacturer in Spain is now putting holograms on okay. their pressure kits just so that you can spot uh, a legitimate one from a dodgy one. Mind you, they make holograms in China. You'd have thought they probably did. I, oh, no, I guess so. This, <laughs> this must be, you know, we, we often think of counterfeit stuff for cars. Yeah. But when I start thinking about home repair and improvement and all of the possible places right through to fasteners yeah. that could be substandard and you don't even realize it, that's that's got to make your job hard. We, we occasionally get a, a customer will receive a quote and say, I've got the same quote from somebody else for half the price. And we yeah. send it across to them. We look at the parts because I said, we can't buy the part for that. For the, <laughs> the, what you, you're being quoted for the whole repair. It's impossible. So the part that uh, somebody is supplying is... I actually know that instant you're talking about. I know the fan motor that you're referring to. Here's a classic for you. Okay. There is an area in Dubai where the fan motor, all it is is a fan motor for a standard AC unit and the cost price to us is 2,250 dirhams for the, for this tiny, tiny, tiny little fan motor. It's nothing yeah. special. It's just that is the price that's there. So then you get these uh, various people who are rewinding motors in Dubai. Well, that is an incredible fire risk. It's so dodgy that um, even if mm. we can't get that part, we just can't get the part. It's simple as that. Yeah. But um, this isn't being explained to a customer. And then the customer goes, oh, well, I've got that for half the price that you've got. Yeah. Like, well, no. It's about to set your house on fire. 
you know, as much as you want to get a knife and have someone just rewind something because it's going to save you. And I think this is the, the whole side with so much of the repair that we get done and so much of the, the servicing that we're getting done and why you guys have got quite a nice offering is you can go for the, the cheaper stuff and you can go for the cheaper service. The guy who's going to come in with the plastic bag, we all know him. And then you end up calling you guys anyway because they, you know, I've got a classic example. And again, my the guys who work for my villa, they've changed my kitchen faucet three times. Mm. Three times well, in a I'm, month. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of it where I'm living at the moment, which is a large, quite a new community. And there's a lot of people going around on bicycles or plastic bags with the silicon oh, gun yeah, and the screwdrivers. Yeah. And everybody's putting on the Facebook group, do you know a man? And everybody knows a man that comes around, but this guy's got no insurance. He's, yeah. got, he's got nothing. So he's this guy sets fire to your house. You've got no comeback. If he falls off a ladder and badly hurts himself, you're going to be paying the bills. He's also got no warranty. You know, five minutes after he's gone, do you think he's going to pick up his phone to come back? No. He's not. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that um, kind of education that's pretty much been part of what we've been doing since 2008. Well, I, I like the whole idea. As I as I showed up today at the shop, first time I've been to the shop, by the way, and okay. that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I, I back into a spot with all of the We Will Fix It trucks sitting there, and one of, the, one of your technicians is, you know, making sure everything's sorted out inside of his truck, and I'm just looking in at the parts and the tools and the cleanup gear and you know he's do he's going through an inventory and i'm going this is a guy I want working for me because clearly he's got everything with him standard process every morning um the guys need to do the same thing because you never know what you need for the particular job so we have a standard um uh, list of parts that we have within a van yeah. and um at that stage it really is um it really is important they've got exactly what they need on every single day how do you find your guys um well re recruitment was one of the one of my <laughs> previous lives so i spent a lot of time on the recruitment uh we used to an awful lot there's a lot of uh, Dubizzle. Good, yeah Dubizzle is very good and Dubizzle works very good regionally so we find a lot of staff um we only use qualified technicians but they have to work in the region so okay First of all, Dubizzle, we have uh, various adverts that go around certain parts of Dubai as well. Uh, I can't give those secrets away, but um, <laughs> popular places that our staff visit at the weekend, should we say. Um, yeah. But we start with a, a first day's telephone interview, maybe a second telephone interview, then at least two face-to-face -face interviews, and then every potential member of staff spends four or five days on the road with our technicians, and they get vetted by our, by our staff before a final sign-off. So it's basically a two-week process for, for every member of, of staff. Actually, and that is only to get them on board. They then, before they go on the road, it's normally two to three months of training alongside a senior wow. technician before we can actually send them out. So you get to that stage where it's like a four-month process to get somebody fully up and running. And that's somebody that's already pre-qualified. And a lot of people don't make it. I mean, yeah. we, we go through thousands of applications to get down to sort of 50 people we want to speak to, 10 people come through the door. It, it, it takes a long time. You guys, are you guys, have you guys become the, so one of those employers of choice? Like people want to work for you? Do you get people knocking on your door saying, hey, I have no friend of a friend who said, and you guys are great, I want to work for you? We, we very much, we do very well from, from that standpoint. That was one of the first things we discussed back in 2008 was becoming an employer of choice to, to, keep, your, to keep your good staff. It also makes, puts a target on our back for other companies who want to, yeah. we've done all the training, get people to a fantastic standard, and then somebody else comes along and says, I'll give you X yeah, amount yeah. more money. That's got to be a challenge because as you know, as you what 2008, you said, yeah. you started the business, you built the business over those years. You, you've got a nice fleet now. You've got a nice group of people. You've got you've got return repeat customers. You've you've diversified a little bit more. 
you become now, hey, they're doing they're doing what they're doing. What if we just, you know, I'm XYZ company. I want to concentrate on one or two communities. And hey, if I get these guys, guy, your guys, they already know what's going on. I'm saving myself. Which is exactly the mentality they start with. Mm. And then at that point, they go, oh, right. Now that we've got the um, <laughs> We Will Fix It boys that we're paying even more money for, um, how, A, do I make money? Secondly, demand. How do I get yeah. demand? And every single time when that has happened, the company's gone under. There, mm. there isn't one that survived having done that method. And it's because those two things, they think if they get the technical side right, everything else works. Yeah. Well, there's a whole team. Actually, we haven't shown you upstairs yet, but we've got a... No, you've got a call center. Yeah, we've got a call center upstairs, which is um, uh, split, not just with the guys that you hear on the phone, you're all of our, our um, British ex-tradesmen, but we've got a whole bunch of support people that are there specifically to make sure that in the background, everything actually happens. Mm. People on the road constantly. So we deliver directly to the job. If any, for any reason that part isn't in the back of the van, we have um, a couple of teams that are just constantly going around to buy, waiting for that phone call to go, okay, we need this part. They pick it up and deliver it to the job as that part's coming out. I'm like imagining a Batman and Robin video here. We will fix it. Yeah. Add in WhatsApp for business and you pretty much got it. But that's what our customers have come to expect, that where possible we'll try and fix it the same day. The worst case scenario for us is a compressor fails and we get to it in the afternoon and we can't find that part. That afternoon, we'll have it by the morning and fit it within 24 hours. But we, we try wherever possible to, to fix the issue the, the same day. Yeah. It's critical. You know, that's what people in Dubai expect now, especially in the summer period where um, it is really critical that you are not left without um, AC. And the nice thing now is um, as of um, February 2018, we also launched Essential Maintenance, which exactly. is the annual contract brand, which has been phenomenal for us. Absolutely wonderful. So exactly the same staff. Um, but running a 24-7, 365 um, service with a 12-month service warranty as well. Nice. So a very we, we'd avoided it for a long time because we didn't have the scale to do it properly. And then we got to the stage, um, well, in late 2017, where um, we kind of just, instead of looking at what other people had done, we, we went with a blank um, whiteboard, as it was. I think it was probably this one that we sat next to right now, <laughs> thinking about it. And... Um, and put together, okay, well, if we, we were going to do it with the 10 years of knowledge that we've got at this point, how would we do it? And what we came to was, everybody seems to be offering lots of multiple packages. Yeah. Why would you offer multiple packages when there's only one that's really required? <laughs> Anything else, if, if people want it, just bolt it on and, yeah. and that works fine. And it was actually from that that the name came, Essential Maintenance. It Easy. does exactly what it says on the tin. If it's essential, it's in the contract. If it's not, you've got the option. But we, we saw a lot of people would have a minibus with six or seven people and five of them are asleep. And both one guy working and one guy in the driver's seat who's not yeah. doing anything. Well, this is a really inefficient use of manpower. Surely we can we can organize the, the right man for the job. And and uh, yeah, we went from there. We, we started looking at other, other offerings and saying, do you need someone to come around and hose down your drain, your pathway every week? It doesn't make a difference. Someone's blast away the sound that comes back the next day to so take away those nonsense services that people don't need. It's fascinating that you can see those houses that have got that service. My next door neighbor, my next door neighbor has that mm. and I don't because it blows away every other day or I go out with my Sri Lankan broom and just sweep it when it's windy yeah. and it's like, whoa, done. It take me five minutes. Your, but they, your Sri Lankan broom. Oh, you've never, these, uh, these I'm, are wonder brooms. I'm thinking only fools and horses, Danny. You, you never, know, you never had a good Sri Lankan broom. Thirteen handles and twelve. It, it, yeah. I, it almost looks like something out of um, 
Hogwarts that you could fly on. Oh, and awesome. they, they are completely uh, environmentally safe. So they are made, the, the, the handle is made from a cinnamon uh, branch from, from one of the cinnamon trees. Because when, oh. when they get the cinnamon trees, they only need the bark. So the rest yeah. of it they burn or whatever. So the handle is made from cinnamon uh, wood. All of the fronds on the broom are made from palm, uh, the, the veins on the palm things. They use a recycled tin can or something to hold it all together. And these things will move sand, dirt, leaves, grass. They work in foul weather. They work when it's wet. They work when it's dry. The only problem is rabbits like to eat them. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought there's a massive rabbit problem here. I had, I had rabbits in my yard. And oh. they used to like to gnaw them. But otherwise, these things last for, for years, and they're just they're phenomenal. So I have one of those. Can you, but can, better than uh, your average Vileda you pick up at Carrefour. Yeah, yeah. Can you get them here? Uh, you know, I don't. I've never. I usually get some Sri Lankan folks who are going, going home to bring them back for me. Uh, yeah. You should add that alongside the, um, <laughs> the amazing shirt business. You That's know. It. Get the broom business. Yeah. Well, I haven't thought, you know, broom guy. You know, we used to have broom salesmen, so bring right? Bringing some in. Broom and brush. So, yeah, I got I to gotta look into that. Maybe someone is bringing them in here. Or they're, they're going to listen to this podcast. They're going to start doing it, which is typically what happens. <laughs> giving away, <laughs> away every secret that, like Dan and I have just done. Yeah, genius. Actually, it was an interesting interesting thing you were talking about as we were coming in and setting up today. Talking about you're, you're already planning for summer. Yeah. And that got me thinking because I do follow you guys on Instagram and I was looking at one of your Instagram posts and one of those posts said just recently, in fact, had a guy with his heart helmet on, had the shirt on and he was, he was over top of an air conditioning unit on the roof doing a service and it looked like he was actually replacing some parts and the caption was, this is the time here to be getting your AC serviced. A, it's not so hot for the people working, but you're typically not using it in your home at this moment. So you don't need it if it's out of commission for a few hours. This is that time. And I'm thinking, how many people are thinking about the hot weather that's coming and getting their water tank serviced, their AC serviced, and other things that can be easily done? Well, we, we find a lot of people will leave their AC until last minute. They wait until May, June, July, and then turn it on and realize there's a problem. And by that stage, it's... it's yeah. Yeah. It's too late. So we recommend for everybody to service their AC three times a year. And at the moment, it's a good time. We're running a two-for-one offer. So anybody well, takes, better. Yeah, takes an AC service at the moment. We do a second AC service in three months' time, which is free of charge. So two for the price of one. That also comes with a six-month warranty. So from wow. the first service, you're covered right through until like July, August times. It's a good time to get the first service done. If anything needs repair, and obviously we'll get that fixed very quickly as well. That service warranty is pretty key. And um, we've had that since day one. I'm, I'm people must look at you though some people must look at you and say are you nuts what you're you're giving me a six-month warranty on my ac knowing how often these can fail especially in, in really hot weather to be fair it's a service warranty okay. um so it is for any element that is covered by a service which from our perspective the whole point of that is to prove that we do it right mm. and um the boys are trained on a 14 point service that we've we've um done since day one uh, to make sure that it's just done properly and if you're doing something properly why wouldn't you warranty it yeah that's absolutely right we, we also have to offer a parts warranty because very strange for the ac industry in the <laughs> middle east we, all the parts we get don't come with any warranty even how, how is that it's, it's so bizarre <laughs> lost some, some of the explanations we've had are you know, compressors are sat on a, in a container coming from south korea and they might have been on a ship for three months and nobody knows what happened to them so when they arrive we, we buy them they have no warranty we don't feel that's that's right to pass on to our customers so we offer a one-year warranty on all parts wow 
That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty significant. The also, I mean, you, you talk about planning for summer. That was the other idea of the um, buy one get one free uh, AC service deal, um, which is this time of year. It's just about to get warm. Yeah. If you think about that hot period, we got a month. Yeah, but that hot period, in effect, is is pretty much six months, maybe a little bit more. But if you service twice over the uh, that hot period, it may well do you. You might mm. be all right at that. So trying to find something whereby uh, we got people prepared, ready for the summer period, and help them through that summer period really was the name of the game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. When we talk about servicing AC, what do we, what what is involved? What are we what are we servicing? So two different types of AC in um, in the UAE. You've either got uh, chilled water or gas type. Generally speaking, the chilled waters are in apartments. Um, there are some developments um, that uh, are chilled water uh, for villas. Uh, Jumeirah Islands is one. Green, the Green Communities is another. Um, Dan, what else am I missing there? That's all I've got for that. Is it? All right, there's more than that. Where's Kev when you need him? <laughs> anyway, uh, and then um, for villas, it's traditionally the uh, the gas type, and there's lots of different versions yeah. of gas type that are there as well. Um, so uh, basically, for a traditional split type AC, half of your unit is on the roof, right. and half of the unit is above the uh, the ceiling in your bathroom. Yeah. So, and why do they put it in the bathroom? Just because it's going to be quieter for the rest of the house? Is that the I think thinking? It's, it's basically that you need a void for the, ah, uh, the okay. traditional ducted type versions. Okay. You need a void, and again, that that sound, um, they want it somewhere where a it's not too far away from the places that it's cooling, um, but secondly, where that sound hopefully can be as isolated as it can right. be. Um, so I think that's where the logic is. Um, so they're connected. The outdoor and the indoor unit are connected. Um, on the roof, you'd start off with uh, checking that the compressor is operating correctly um, that process is an odd one because lots of people don't they, if they aren't walking up onto your roof with a multimeter yeah. um, then at that point or a clamp meter they're not actually checking that unit <laughs> there's there's kind of a I, little... I get the guys who just check the gas yeah. you see a lot of guys go up there they check the gas but they're not putting the multimeter on it so imagine let's let's take on that gas issue, gas issue then so arresting um gas ac um, is running at about 65 psi, so roughly double your car tire. Wow. So imagine the situation whereby you need to put gas in it. You could lose maximum two psi probably, which is just natural wastage. If you've got more than that, you've got a leak. Well, if the guy's putting in more than two psi, then at that point, you've got a leak, it's going to come back. And when you pressurize the unit, it gets worse because the crack gets bigger because of the additional pressure you need to put in. So in that situation, you're in a, if somebody's putting gas in your AC, you should be asking why are they actually going to fix it here or is that just a botch? Yeah, and, and, and I, I can, you know, how many people have that situation where someone comes in, they just load, oh, yep, you've got, it, it's lost some gas, yep. we're going to refill it. It shouldn't be losing any gas. Well, the other classic is if you put too much gas in it, it won't cool either. Oh. So people automatically assume, oh, I've got no cooling. Therefore, it needs more gas. Not no. often the case. I never even thought of that. Yeah. So, um, so we'll for, um, first of all check how much current your uh, compressor is taking. Again, really important for the DWA builds uh, to know whether or not you've got one that's there. The other one is listen to it. Listen yeah. to it. If you've got an experienced technician, he knows when one it doesn't sound quite right. Mm -hmm. And quite often, we'll catch it so early that we can say to people, look, you've got a noisy compressor. It's taking too much power. You don't need to change it right now unless you really want to. But be aware, this one is on its way out. So you've still got the cooling. Still seems fine to the, uh, the customer. But we can tell them when, when there's going to be a problem ahead. When one of your technicians hears that, 
you know, the, the, it's it's going. How how long do you? I mean, I, there's no you know standard operating procedure on how long you've got, but typically, three to six months. That's not long. Why would you wait? At that point, three to six months, mm-hmm. it's only going to go in the middle of the night when you really need it on a Friday when, you know, you got the in-laws in. But it gives you, it gives you time. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But it, it gives you time to get all that approval process done with the landlord. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, where you go in that direction. And you need somebody who knows what they're doing to do that. Um, outdoor fan motor, next one, um, which oh, is uh, lubrication of that. If you don't lubricate it, it will seize. Yeah. The blades themselves, if there is a chip on a blade, it's yeah. no longer running true, which means not only will you need a, a blade replacement, it will destroy the fan motor itself. Yeah, I've had tw- I've had two of those happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a normal it, thing. It's scary when you see the blades, the aluminum bro- blades have broken, yeah. and the damage they can cause then to... The interior yeah, of coil, oh yeah. man, yeah, it's frightening. Hmm. And then the, an important part of the cleaning the outside part is to power spray all the sand that's off the AC unit. So make, make sure it breathes properly and make sure it's not not all clogged up. Now the problem with that is if you use a power spray and it, you use it too hard, all of uh, the veins on the condenser coil get mashed, and at yeah. that point you're on for a new um, condenser coil, which is three thousand plus normally in that kind of range. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! So again, you need somebody who knows what they're doing for that. You know, I often wonder because I I live in this old villa. I mean, old, nineteen years, and the AC units are nineteen years old. They they tend to work. They, you know, it, 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 you know I've got four of them. Yep. So I only ever use two. But I've often wondered when they've done the repairs and they fix fans and they you know, they've done condensers a few times now. Yes. And I've often wondered, does it make sense to actually replace these AC units and upgrade no, them? No, definitely not. See, that, I often thought awesome, that. the old ones. Yeah. I've got a customer who lives just around the corner from you. These are all um, Lennoxes. I got so, all four yeah, Lennoxes yeah, see, on Lennoxes are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she's been a customer of ours uh, since literally day one. In fact, I think I was doing some of the early stuff myself. And... Um, <laughs> And bless her, she keeps asking. All I'm thinking is village people. I, I, I just had that. I just had a vision. <laughs> customer number twenty-three. Yeah, she is. Oh, customer really? number twenty-three out of we're now north of what 34,000. Wow. So bless her, she's she's wonderful. Customer wonderful twenty-three lady. of thirty-four thousand. Yeah, this is yeah. like this is like we're talking Google days here. Yes. And her units are exactly the same age as yours, yeah. and they're just wonderful. The boys literally fight to work on them because they're properly made. There's been no yeah. cost reduction. It's just utter quality. And um, to be fair, the outdoor units look as though they've had a life. Yeah. But they're just brilliant. Mm. So I definitely would not recommend replacing that. them. I'd go component by component yeah. and keep them for as long as you possibly can. Well, the same in some of the bigger communities, work in the springs, lakes, meadows, wherever you ranches. Some of these are 14, 15 years old now. We're still replacing component parts. Yeah. And these are fine. You, if a customer wants to replace the entire unit, there's a whole lot of approvals, which yeah. costs money. Need to rent a crane to lift things up onto the roof. It, you're talking big what, money. What was one of the one of the areas? Uh, I don't know if it's still called the Trump Estates. Maybe it's called Demac Demac Hills. Demac Hills now. I, I was I thought it was interesting that it doesn't seem that some of those villas actually have roof access ladders. The only way to get up on them is you need a crane. There are a couple of different <laughs> places like that, which is unbelievable. Who's, who's, whose design is this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the classic for that is um, the window cleaning contracts in Dubai, where the designers have built these high-rise buildings, and there technically isn't a sensible way to clean those windows. Right. And you're like, how does this go through? You know, how does that actually happen? Right. I'm lost. Yeah. But you guys do window cleaning. Oh, you did. Do you still do it? You did. Yeah, the, yeah we do. We do. We, we go to. I don't see any of the ads for that anymore. Stories. So after the rain today, it might be busy oh, for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah there you go. Be. 
It's it's an interesting one, window cleaning, because um, we've got a, a pure water process. So the idea is, if you make water, standard Dewa water is about anywhere between 120 and 250 parts per million of impurity, which is purely mineral or whatever. Yeah. Nothing to worry about, but that's kind yeah. of what it is. If you get that down to zero, that water acts like a magnet. It's desperate oh. to find dirt. So instead of having to use um, any kind of... Um, Detergent. That's the word I'm looking for, Dan. Nice one. <laughs> detergent. That's why you guys are a tag team here. I just here. couldn't do detergent today for some reason. If you, instead of using detergent, which obviously we know about the environmental effects of that, yeah. if you use pure water, it will literally clean your windows like you wouldn't believe. It's completely smear-free. Uh, and this process has been, in, um, especially in the UK, actually. UK is very popular. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the last 10 years or so. Okay. But um, we brought it here. And we were one of the first people to do it. And uh, it's a great system. But it is limited by the length of a pole. Right. So we can't go up the Burj Khalifa, so to speak, um, for the simple reason that we can't get up that high. But uh, normally we can do it to about five stories. Wow, that's pretty far. That's a pretty long pole. It is. And it's carbon fiber, no less. Nice. Sam knows by the cost of it. <laughs> it's expensive. Horrendous. When they drop it, it's expensive. Oh, God. <laughs> Only happened twice, and literally at that moment, that I start crying. You know, they're tens of thousands for yeah. one pole. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting um, process, but more and more, um, it was almost a pet project, to be honest, one of my geek projects. You know, can we actually build this and can we get everything right the way down to zero? And um, it's a heck of a system that we've got out the back there. So do, do you often get the guys who are coming to fix stuff who you know, might be doing the AC units and then it's like, hey, you know, uh, we can, for, for X, Y, Z, we could do your windows for you. We got a, we got a guy here. They're, they're just not work that way. Well, yeah, but our guys have got a very specific skill set. So That's what I figured. The repair guys are not the window so be, guys. Are not your, the, your typical one would be a, a guy's doing an AC job and a customer might say, oh, I've just been and put, bought a few pictures from Ikea and a, a couple of lac shells and he puts them up. Firstly, the guy's got a very tight schedule, so he's got a couple yeah. hours on that job for the AC fix with a little bit of extra time just in case. Um, but he hasn't got an extra hour and a half to do the job there and then. So we'll, we'll refer that back to the office and book a DIY team. Um, on, on occasion, if we've got, say, guys on an AC job and a small electrical job, yeah. they'll call the office and say, I've finished my AC job, I've got half an hour, can I replace this socket? We'll yeah. say, yeah, speak with the customer, then we can do two jobs at the same time. you got a DIY team? We've got... Seven, yeah. right? Seven DIY teams. Team. So you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll come in and put in, put up my photos for me. So I don't mm. have to worry about just hammering in some nails into the concrete, which we shouldn't be doing anyway. Oh, don't <laughs> stomp on that. The blast area is just something special. So just for those people that are listening, um, so why don't you hammer um, nails into concrete? Because it tends to leave one square inch of explosion from where your nail went in your picture up, so oh, yeah why does it do that like why why doesn't it just go just in like plaster you know i mean when we're talking gypsum and things like that not that you should be hammering into that either mm. because it doesn't hold it's something about the mix in the middle east so you can okay. do it in another place and there are concrete nails available yeah but i'm guessing and again i don't know the technical side but i'm guessing that here um with the way the mix works it actually fractures the concrete as it's trying to push a hole mm. uh, into it with the nail but it's just unbelievable. When, yeah. when you know, a, lot, a lot of people, fairly transient society, Dubai, a lot of people will move out after a couple of years. If you've drilled 25 pitches and drilled and put in the raw plugs and done it properly, it's a very small hole you need to repair. If you've banged in 25 nails and if you've got 25 squares, so it's, it's a full wall to, yeah. to repair and move wow. out. Painful job. It sounds horrible, mm. but no one's thinking about that. I don't think a lot of people no. will give it a, a second thought until they're going to have to pay for getting the whole wall fixed when they're moving out. 
but it's awful as well because for those kind of jobs, you don't feel like you're good value. No. You know, it's one of those which is, I'm so sorry that this has kind of happened. And, um, you know, it's just a lack of knowledge, which is where that um, that difficulty comes from. But, you know, it's uh, it's not one. You then have the other side of that, actually. I was talking to a, a gentleman only yesterday who I'd, um, he, he had lots of uh, cracks in his property. Okay. He just bought in Dubai. And um, over the first two years, he started getting these incredible cracks that were coming. And... Um, these days, I was like, send me some pictures, send me some pictures. And just by looking at the shape of the cracks, we could work out that, don't worry, these are settlement cracks. They look horrendous, but you've yeah. got nothing structural going on here. Um, and we were able to brief him, not just on, it wasn't something that we look after, actually, but we were able to brief him on, uh, A, how it needs to be fixed. And also, because he was still under warranty, having purchased yeah. the property, um, he was able to go back um, and get that fixed free of charge, which is lovely. Yeah. It's nice to be able to help like that as well. It's so been how, something we've done since 2008. It's so really how, do you, how do you fix those kind of things? You guys don't do it, but how do you fix settlement cracks or that kind of stuff? So basically, it depends on the severity. Um, the normal way that uh, the bodge fix is um, <laughs> just with plaster of Paris polyfiller. No yeah. structure to it whatsoever. Yeah. As soon as you get any size of crack, it needs to be some form of cement. If it mm. is a really big crack, go with grey cement with a really sandy okay. mix for structure. After that, you throw in some white cement, which is a little bit finer in effect, and um, uh, you can mould it a lot better. And then a finishing skim of um, plaster of Paris polyfiller. Some serious to work. finish it off. Yeah. But that's that's the way that it... it, it they tend to come back to a degree, but that is the best way of doing it. So we're, we're in year two of our house. It was a new property. We've done, oh done, done the full repaint and the cracks, which tended to be around the windows, around the yeah. door frames. We did all that. And we're in the second year now. It's coming back. So I'd say <sighs> it's funny. Yeah, it comes with the territory. I knew it was going to happen, so I'm, I'm just leaving it now. The wife's nagging about repainting. <laughs> well, I just had to give it another six months. Or it's going to crack some more. Well, the place where I'm in is made out of um, uh, pre-formed uh, concrete. Okay. And um, that, on the joints, there is nothing you can do. All We've right. done every method you can possibly imagine. And now, in fact, we avoid them like the plague, the repaints of those places, because it can be a week. We have one property that literally was hours because the level of movement as the preformed panels expand and contract is just unbelievable. Huh. And um, they will crack. Well, anyone who tells you otherwise, they are lying. Mm. They don't have a process. We've done everything. It's almost you know? like they need a seam joint of some sort that so is the, the seam an joint, expansion joint. Yeah, and it, yeah, but the problem is then to try and get a paintable surface yeah. that's the same as the rest, oh, it doesn't work. On something flexible. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean we've done we've done everything. We've done bondo. We've done um, paintable silicon. Um, we well, they sell done, paintable silicon. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, oh, it's there. It just it's not particularly great, if I'm honest. But yeah. um, you know, we've we've tested all of it, and the reality is, it's just not feasible. Hmm. This is, I mean, this is a, a real big issue that you guys face in different property groups that you go to, and you know, different types of construction, different types of original parts put in from water tanks through to electrical sockets how do you guys manage all that we have to build up our knowledge on each um, each community so do you have, a, you have a, like a book that you've published that you it becomes a <laughs> we're not publishing that <laughs> <laughs> it, beca it becomes a, a list of very common complaints that come from yeah. your communities we start to, to accumulate that knowledge all of our bookings team are trained by a previous bookings manager. So they, it all gets passed down. But our guys will also speak to the technicians who've attended the job and say, oh, I've got something here I've never experienced before, solar water heaters, for example. Oh. What's going on with those? Do they um, work? So Which? The solar water heaters. 
They do work, yeah, in summer period. But again, um, they require quite a lot of maintenance. Mm. I think people There's, forget that. They put them in, it's like maintenance free. Here we go. Yeah, it's a standard fit now. Okay. Every every new I development in Dubai is doing it. Yeah. Um, but they come with lots of problems. Mm. Um, all surmountable. But yeah, yeah. Uh, again, they need to be maintained. That's the main issue. We've had some, some of them are leaking connections in our community within two years being installed. So they're leaking. You see the the drain at the bottom by the garage, all the water pouring out. So that, but like Carl said, they need maintenance. It's a solar panel, it needs to get sun, so it gets caked in sand, yeah. especially after weather like we're getting today, they'll be filthy and uh, need cleaning. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and um, heating elements for those tend to be um, difficult as well. So the heating elements are there for when you're not getting enough um, solar okay. heat. Never even thought of that. Uh, yeah, and um, actually they're quite an easy, easy um, uh, switch out. You've had quite a lot of those recently to do, Dan. Yeah, but they're quite big as well, <laughs> especially when I'm living. This the the staircase yeah. the ladder to get a replacement there's quite tight. True. So when you were when you were looking to move, Dan, did you go through your list of different communities and different issues and say, okay, well, I'd really like to live here, but I know what I'm going to be getting into. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I mean, it, for us, it was we, we had a child on the way as well, so it was a much as much about schools and nurseries yeah, as yeah. well. But we certainly we chose a particular developer over others, and uh, it was all about build quality. I, yeah. I, I liked the community, had good feedback, and uh, I'd lived in a few places before. I've been here for 15 <laughs> years. My, my wife's been here for 21 years. So there we, you go. We, 21 we, now. Yeah, wow. 21 years. 21 years. That's amazing. Half a life. That's incredible. That's pretty so, wild. So we, yeah, we had a good look around. We, we weighed up the pros and cons of each different community, and we, we decided to go on a new build. So the, the house had been handed over to, to his first owner. We bought it straight off uh, straight off that guy. So we took on a new property. But it's been it's been have the usual challenges, but I think we chose the right developer. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Yeah, very good choice. Colin's mother-in-law lives just down around the corner. Yes. Or actually, <laughs> at the moment, she's in my place. She's just had a hip replacement. <laughs> Marilyn, if you're listening, <laughs> you should be fixed by now. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting one? Well, I, I was wondering, I just wanted to follow up, and this is this is a story that goes back to our, our radio time when we were on the radio show on Dubai Eye, which, again, you guys still are on the radio. Oh, is it almost every week now that you're on uh, no, Helen Farmer's no, show? it's normally... A couple it, times a month? Yeah, probably um, a couple of times. Normally they get, okay. they get us one, one to fill in as well okay. as our standard slot. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you, you had sorted out the doves slash pigeons that were yeah. roosting, and then your wife didn't like what you'd done and yes. wanted more how did that all evolve and what uh, give us the, the well, pricey we don't have we don't have too many pigeons at our place anymore um it is it's a bit difficult this one because uh, we had the we, we looked into it as a wider kind of perspective of something that we'd supply um and we looked at it from a um a lots of different perspectives we're animal lovers down yeah. and we do a lot of work actually with uh, with both canine and also with a lot of the cat groups in dubai so one of the things that we looked at was the rspb which is the royal society for the protection of birds okay. and um they are uh, their preferred method for um moving pigeons is bird spikes so right. this is the, the the although the british i think they operate on kind of a worldwide basis so we're like, okay, well, the RSPB is saying bird spikes is the way forward. So we'll launch it. And there was uproar. <laughs> Literally, the, the keyboard warriors were out in force. The keyboard Absolutely. warriors. Oh, I think it was the kind of feedback we getting was, why are you impaling pigeons? Yeah, you're and not impaling like, them, though. They just don't land on the spikes, It's right? just flexible plastic. Plus, people yeah. couldn't get their heads around it. They're just, uh, you're killing birds. This is very cruel. Wow. <laughs> but then we referred them to the RSPB article, and then that we were basically told they were a sham organization. <laughs> oh, like, no. The RSPB. There is nobody that protects birds more than this worldwide. And they do all 
all the research. You know, they're extremely well-funded. So, you know, we've kind of, you've got to listen to the market to a degree. Yeah. And so um, it's not something that we've pushed since. <laughs> um, it does, it, at our place, it works absolutely fine. Yeah. I haven't seen one impaled um, pigeon or otherwise. Um, but if that is the, the general feeling, you've got to go with that as a business. If anybody, anybody out there is looking for five kilometers of bird spikes, <laughs> just give us a call. Ideally not for this market. I, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of places where they use like fishing line or things that they just run so that the birds don't want to land. But it's a little, it could be a little bit harder in our environment to put that up. Yeah, maybe. I use a squirt gun. So I don't I don't aim at them, but I just fire it, and they now they've got to the point. These these pigeons and doves, more doves around my place. They're smart. Mm. They're, they, these birds are really smart. They you know they kind of walk and they look kind of dopey, but they're not dopey. So now when I walk out with my squirt gun, they take off because they see me coming. But it is interesting that which is the the homing pigeon, the yeah. nature of a homing pigeon. And how that, and has that ever been worked out? Do you know if they've actually worked out how homing pigeons manage to get home? I don't know. Because that's the incredible <laughs> GPS in a very small body, isn't it? Yeah, or, yeah. You know? So they can't be that stupid just to have that one capability. Sorry. I can't get home most times. <laughs> I should know this. All the pig- yeah, you should all know the, that. All the pigeon fanciers <laughs> come to my hometown every year. We get like 10,000 people really? to bring their pigeons in and show them off. Yeah, my hometown. Very neat. Pigeon fanciers exhibition. I wondered why there were so many pigeons around the area that I'm living in until one morning I was out and I see some some guy and family is feeding them. And I'm going, that's why there's so many. There's like this empty lot and they're feeding these things. And I'm going, don't feed them here. Time I mean, for cats. Oh, no, that's probably <laughs> not true about the RSPB. Well, but, you know, we have got a lot of cats in my community and there are very few birds. Come, they just want to sit on the wall because yeah. I've got four cats myself. They will just fly at the first thing that lands. So. You see, yeah. I'm thinking I need to get a couple watch cats. I can help with that. We've got lots that are uh, for rehoming. We've got a group that we support. And um, interestingly enough, we've got our own cat now. Kit Cat has uh, joined us. Is this an indoor or an outdoor cat? Uh, it's an outdoor cat because I'm, okay. I'm really heavily allergic. Anytime I go around to Dan, I'm absolutely streaming inside 15 minutes. But Dan has quite possibly the best cat in the whole wide world ever. I have a cat known as the weasel. He the looks, weasel. looks like, if you know this, it's like a stoat or a ferret. He's, okay. he's in white and he looks like a ferret. Wow. He's, he's extremely ugly, bless him. <laughs> he is the ugliest cat, but he's just incredible. Yeah, we found him outside the, the warehouse here dragging one leg behind. Oh, with, no. We took him into the vet and said, we're going to have to take the leg. And, and they managed to save the leg and he's got a big scar on his leg. But he's extremely grateful. Um, he grew up in Alcos here, so he, okay. lo- he loves biryani and rice. Every time they order Indian takeaway, he's straight in there. But he's the best, the best cat we've got. He's, he's phenomenal. He's got so much personality. He's yeah. just not much of a looker. Mm. Keeps the birds away. See, our dog, until Kit Kat, our dog would be ridiculously aggressive to cats. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, whether Kit Kat in a previous life has had dogs before. But they're best friends. It's ridiculous. <laughs> really? Bailey will go outside, give it a lick, and off it goes. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, you know, how, who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. Cats. Yeah. And you know what? We got, we got a whole bunch more to talk about, but you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to close this podcast off and pick it up again uh, really soon. Nice this, start, this has been a lot of fun. Cool, it? It's been a lot of fun. Colin it's and like Dan. the old days. It is. Colin and Dan, we will fix it. How do we find you guys? We will fix it.com. Yeah, we will fix it.com, essentialmaintenance.com. I'm looking right behind here. 800 fix. Yeah, 800. That's 800 349. Exactly. And then uh, we've got a British bookings team um, in their entirety. So hopefully right. we'll be able to help. 
you know what, maybe maybe next time we come in, I'm just going to go and have a little chat with those guys before we chat and uh, throw some of that in. Fire some questions out and right. see how okay. good they are. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Not at all. Talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. You've been listening to the We Will Fix It podcast with Colin and Dan from wewillfixit.com. Want to find out more about them? That's how you do it. If you want to find out more about us, check out our socials, check out our webpage, potaholics.com or potaholics with a K across the socials. Drop us an email, potaholics at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. Hey, we'll talk to you again real soon. Share the link. So long for now.